Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce evolution podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce. And today is crime show. This is a crime show. This is a mystery show. Actually, it's not a mystery show at all, but we are talking about conversion crimes and how to avoid them. This episode is brought to you by e-commerce influence. If you enjoy my podcast, you've got to check out e-commerce influence hosted by my friend, Austin Bronner. Austin interviews world-class e-commerce operators like Native Deodorant founder Moise Ali, Movement Watches CEO Jake Kassan, and Pure Vita Bracelets founder Griffin Thal. He deep dives into what's working right now to scale your business, and he offers a refreshing break from the crush it culture plaguing our industry. The e-commerce influence podcast will not only change your perspective on building your business, It'll change your perspective on what's possible for your life. I've known Austin for years. He's the real deal. And he's someone you need to listen to if you're serious about growing your business. Check out the e-commerce influence podcast for free wherever you get your podcasts. And now back to the show. I am delighted to have on the show the CEO and founder of Conversion Crimes, and uh, love the name. You're going to love this topic. My business partner, Chris Brewer, uh, he met my guest today at, through e-commerce fuel. Awesome forum. Shout out to my buddy, Andrew Udarian. Uh, but, but Chris, my business partner met Quinn Zeta from Conversion Crimes. They started kind of working together. We sent a couple of clients to Conversion Crimes and super impressed. And so then Quinn and I started talking. I thought, man, there's a there's a podcast episode here. We got to get you on and talk on the podcast. So with that quick intro, Quinn, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. And how's it going? Uh, thanks for having me. That was a great intro. <laughs> the crime scene and stuff. That's actually, um, yeah, in our dev, we've named part of it the crime scene. The where crime we scene. The testing, yeah. So that was great. You're like CSI for e-commerce conversions. Yeah, so... I, I, I so badly want to make a spoof website of the CIA that's the Conversion Intelligence Agency. Yeah, that would be fun. I think you could, I mean, I'm getting all kinds of ideas now for YouTube videos where you're dressed up like like Dragnet or something, like uh, whatever that investigator was. And that's like super old. That was even before my time. But um, you're dressed up like, a, like an interrogator and um, you're on you're on the scene. You're on the, You're on the case. So... Uh, I like it. So, uh, Quinn, yeah, if you would give us like your 30 second background or so, and then we're going to dive right into the most common conversion crimes and how, how to avoid those and how to make your site better and convert better. But uh, yeah, what's your quick background? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I started my business right out of college. So I started freelancing design, eventually moved into websites and then kind of user experience design, helping websites increase conversions. And so I ran an agency, Zeta Labs, where we helped um, seven-figure businesses scale. And through all of these big projects that we were doing, we found that the 80-20 of conversion rate optimization and user experience was usability testing. And so, um, yeah, we built Conversion Crimes to help small businesses do that because this tool was out there for enterprise companies and we wanted to bring it to the SME market. So, yeah. Cool. And so, uh, you know, a lot of times we talk about the, the our guest company at the end of the show, but I want to just let, let people kind of get a, a teaser, an idea. What is Conversion Crimes? Because I just love the model. I love the way it works. So, so talk about that. Yeah, so... 
Basically, it's usability testing. It's, um, you know, we work on our things. Uh, we're on our store every day. We know how to find things, how yeah. to filter for stuff. But you don't know what it looks like to someone for the first time. Right, and right. where they're struggling, what they misunderstand, what they get frustrated with. So it's, we have testers that uh, meet your demographic. And we have them record their screen while speaking their thoughts out loud while they're trying to do something like find an item in your store, answer a question about it, um, add it to cart and check out. And by watching these videos, you can understand, just pinpoint exactly where the friction is. And if you fix the friction, you increase conversions, you improve the user experience, you have happier customers. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, usability is key, right? Having good graphic design and pleasing aesthetic. You know, I love that, but usability, that's where it's at. And so, I'm. you know, we have, it's impossible for us as business owners to fully look at our site objectively, right? We can't to a exactly. certain degree put ourselves in our customers' shoes, no doubt. And we can think about, hey, is this easy for me to navigate? But we can't fully think like our customers. And I, I'm confident from feedback that I've heard people listen to these recordings and like, oh, never <laughs> thought of that. Didn't even see that. I was so used to that, you know, so... Uh, super, super helpful. Well, let's uh, we'll, we'll circle back to that uh, in a little bit, but let's talk about what are the most common conversion crimes uh, that you see that just come up again and again. Yeah, so really the most common one is, is that people go to a website and they don't know who it's for, what it's about, what they're supposed to do there. So generally that's that the value proposition is not clear. Um, on e-commerce stores, it could be that they're showing a collection or something. And so they assume that the store is about bags when it's really about something else or that's just one piece of the store. Um, and so they bail out. So um, yeah, the biggest one is value proposition. And you know, it kind of seems like that would be like the easiest thing to do, but it's actually one of the hardest because the simpler and more concise that you can explain something, the longer it took to figure that out. Yeah, the more, the more we get, it was like that old saying, right? Uh, I'm sorry that I wrote you a long letter. I didn't have time to write a short one or something like that. There's, there's an old yeah. one. That. But yeah, so to get something concise and clear, it takes work. It's like a tagline, you know, for advertisers, one of the hardest things to create because uh, it's, it's so concise. Um, so, so yeah, so, so what are some, maybe some great examples here? Uh, who really does this well where you land on the page and you know, okay, I know exactly what the benefit is here for me as the user, as the shopper. I know exactly what I need to do next. And, you know, I know why this product is different or better than others or why it's better than me doing nothing. And uh, do you have any good examples? Uh, and, and if you don't have an example, right? Oh man, those are hard to do right off the top yeah, I know, of my head. I know. Uh, so if, if you don't have examples then, and maybe you'll think of some as you talk, uh, and if not, I will, I'll think of some. Uh, tips, tips on how do you make that value proposition really clear? Yeah, it's, it's a hard process. Like even I'm struggling with this for conversion crimes, right? Because it's like, what is that sentence or thing that's really going to attract people's attention and make it super clear exactly what you do, who you do it for, and um, why it matters to people, right? Um, I think one of the examples that I pulled up recently was Bench. I'm going to like look it up. Yeah, do it. Yeah. Because uh, they said, you run your business, we'll do your bookkeeping. Mm -hmm. 
like very clear, you know, it's like, I don't want to do my bookkeeping. So they take care of it, get a professional bookkeeper at a price you can afford and a powerful financial reporting with zero learning curve. So it's just like short, sweet, tells me everything really I need to know. It's like, okay, if that's not me, I'm going to bail out. Um, But if that's totally me, I'm going to go ahead and continue to learn more. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I am a big fan of cereal. I love cereal. I, I would eat it, you know, multiple times a day and most days if I could, but it's not very good for you. Right. And, and so I'm trying to stay at least somewhat fit and I'm just past the 40 year old mark. So trying to, uh, you know, it's not as easy to, to stay fit. And so I discovered this, this company, um, called magic spoon. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's oh, basically someone recently. Yeah. Yeah. It's high protein, low carb, basically almost no carb cereal it tastes really good. Some of it tastes like like Fruit Loops and then some of the tastes like Cocoa Puffs kind of. Um, but anyway, there, you know, you get to their page and it's healthy cereal that tastes too good to be true, right? So that's a really good line. Uh, but then as you see it, you know, that's it's fun because, hey, cereal is fun. And their market is adults. Their market is adults who, who are, you know, on a ketogenic diet or just trying to go low carb. And so it's very clear, you know, it's high, high protein, low carb, sweet, and delicious. Um, the site's fun, easy to navigate. I think it's, I think it's a really good example. And they're one that they got me hooked on the subscription and I, I just have kept ordering. Um, so that's one and that's easy because it's very different, right? Mm-hmm. Most cereal is high carb and high sugar. So this is high protein, low carb sugar. And they, and they do that in a fun way. So I thought that was a pretty good example. Yeah. Another one, um, that I liked was skater trainer. Okay. So it's the original skater trainer, the number one tool for mastering skate tricks fast, build confidence, practice anywhere, patent design made in the USA. But it's their background video that goes with that, that shows you exactly what the product is and what it does. So it just immediately kind of clicks there. Even if the text isn't like completely like on point, it's just all those elements together paint the picture really well. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I, I, uh, I'm a big fan. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to be a surfer, right? But I, I, li- I live in Missouri, so I can only surf a handful. <laughs> there's of times no a year. surf there. There's not, no, there's zero <laughs> options. You can actually uh, surf behind a boat. You can surf at the lake, and that's pretty fun. I can do that. That's um, wakeboarding. Well, there's wakeboarding, and then there's wake surfing. Really, I've yeah, never heard yeah. of that. Uh, it's cool. I'll, I'll show you what that looks like. Uh, <laughs> it's fun. And so, anyway, I recently bought uh, at the recommendation of some some peeps uh, a balance board from Revolution Balance Boards, and they do a really good job. So it's basically uh, it's a board that sits on this long cylinder, so you balance on it, and it, you can kind of mimic like you're riding a wave. But they do a really good job of, of explaining what the board is, what you're doing. It's a really clear value prop, you know, on their, on their pages. So that's, a, that's another good, it's a revbalance.com. Another good one to check out. Oh yeah, those are cool. I want one of those. Yeah, they're really fun. Yeah, you'd like it. So, so tips then in, in how do you make the value proposition clear? Because you know, like we talked about, it's not super easy. Yeah, it's really hard. Um, But when I'm writing stuff, when, you know, you can sit there and you can brainstorm like all day, you can sit there and write out like hundreds of headlines to kind of figure it out. But really the best thing that I found was to just talk to people, talk to the audience. Um, Like I record um, a lot of my like sales and demos calls 
And I go through the transcript and I'm just like highlighting like cool things that they say. And um, that's actually how we got one of ours on conversion crimes. It was like, this guy was just like, yeah, every store is losing money somewhere. Yeah. You know? And <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, such, it's such a good line. And, and uh, my buddy, Austin Bronner and I, Austin runs a podcast, e-commerce influence, shout out Austin Bronner. Uh, we, were, we just did a joint podcast together the other day and he was talking about, he interviewed somebody, I can't remember her name, but she said, you don't need to be a copywriter, you need to be a copy paster. Because exactly. You need, to, you need to really just listen to good lines that customers or users are giving you because they're using the language of other customers and users and, and then repurpose that, copy paste that, right? And so obviously you're going to write some too, but... But uh, that's where some of the gold is, is just in what your customers are saying. Exactly. Like um, running surveys. So one of the questions that I love to ask is like, how would you describe us to a friend? And mm. so we send that out. So we see that's, how, that's how are other people yeah. describing <laughs> us? And yeah. then so it's like, literally, you don't have to sit there and rack your brain to come up with all these like ideas for your value prop. It's literally just asking your customers, surveying them, getting on calls, doing transcripts, whatever, and start to see patterns, yeah. you know, between what people are saying. And then you're just like taking that and you just wordsmith it a little yep. bit. Yep. Wordsmith it, make it concise, you know, make it where it's not colloquialisms or whatever, like make, make it work. So, mm-hmm. okay, I love that. So think about it, you know, is your value proposition clear? And probably it could be better. Probably people are going to your site and it's not immediate clear. It's not immediately obvious why you're different, better, valuable, why I should buy it, why I should feel good about spending my money, why you're better than competitors, why you're better than just doing nothing. It's probably not clear. So so definitely yeah, check and- that. One of the things that I see that a lot of stores do as well is they put collections and like these sliding images on their homepage, right? When people um, kind Mm -hmm. of come on and like big stores, Target can do that. Walmart can do that. Macy's can do that, you know, whatever, because they already have an audience that knows exactly what they sell. And I see a lot of smaller stores kind of copy these things and do that. Um, but the problem is, is if someone's coming there for the first time and you're showing a collection or just like one part of your store, people interpret that differently and they think like maybe that's all you offer or they get yeah. confused on the offering. And so what I've kind of found come up in the testing is that a lot of times um, first time visitors are just confused about the store because they're trying to push um like collections or a specific product or something like that, and they can misinterpret it. Now, it depends on like what your store is, where your traffic's coming from, all of that, like how far I would take that advice, but um, just something to look out for. Yeah, absolutely. Some Sometimes, I mean, we want to learn from places like Amazon and other big retailers, but you can't always do what they do, right? And you're exactly right. People know and trust Amazon, and so they can display everything, right? But they don't know or trust you yet. So you need to be really clear on what you offer and who you are and what, why they should trust you. Um, awesome. Okay, so getting your value prop clear, super important, not always easy, but definitely worth the time. Uh, what's next? What's another common conversion crime? Yeah, so the next one is visual hierarchy issues. So what I mean by that is it's basically how information is prioritized on a page. And, you know, when someone's going, you have like a million things you want to tell them. Like, hey, we got free shipping. Hey, we got this new product. And hey, we got like this thing. And so you like overwhelm your pages with all this information you want people to know. And all the information is important. 
But what is the most important thing yeah. for them to know? Because what yeah. happens is if they come to a page and they have all of this and it's not laid out in a way that shows them a clear hierarchy of the importance of each piece of information, then they don't know where to look. And they're kind of like scanning around, they're confused. And you want to um, visually lead people from one thing to the next. So mm -hmm. I kind of think of it as volume knobs. So okay. like you want to turn on, like, for example, the value prop, like the biggest headline, you want that to be the loudest and most obnoxious thing. So you got to turn <laughs> up the volume. Yep, How do you yep. do that? Bigger text, bolder text, um, making it, um, having more space around it, making it a color that stands out against the um, uh, your color scheme, right? Um, all of these different ways are ways you can turn up the volume and make it stand out more against other things. So then you think about, okay, like what's the second most important thing? Okay, we're going to turn down the volume a little bit from that. So we're going to make it a little bit smaller. Um, maybe it's a regular font, not bold. It's under the headline. What's the third thing? Okay, the CTA. So let's make a big orange box, you know, or like whatever for people to click. So it's just giving them information in the order that they want to see it. Um, you're progressively revealing that information. A lot of stores that I go to, and they just put like everything. And there's just um, no kind of method to the madness. It's like, yeah. okay, awesome. If everything is displayed as important, then nothing is important, right? Nothing exactly. out. So you really got to exactly. make that, that clear. So you talked about a big orange CTA button. Do you have any recommendations there? I've, I've heard all kinds of different things on, on testing, you know, your add to cart or your, you know, start checkout button or whatever that it, you know, sometimes I hear people say it should be a different color from the rest of what's on your page. Uh, other people kind of opt to make it blend in and match. Like do you, do you have any tips or advice there or anything you've seen based on um, your user testing? Yeah. So what I like to do when I design websites and build websites and stuff is make what I call an action color. And so out of all of the colors that you use in your brand, what's the most eye-popping, attractive one? What's the one that stands out amongst all of them? And so you take that one out and you designate it as your action color. And you only use that color um, when you want to designate an action like a CTA. And right. so that way, when it's on the website, it stands out like, this is the action that I want you to do. This is attracting your attention. This is the end goal where you're supposed to go. So that, that helps lead people to it. It makes it stand out. It makes it very clear that that's the action. Because um, you want them to go there. You want to help them with your product. You want to, like, whatever. So you're, you're leading them there. Yeah. Um, now, you don't want to necessarily make everything that you can click that action color. So usually we also have a secondary action color. Um, and sometimes that's just an outline, right? So if you have a big orange button that's colored in, the secondary button would be maybe white with the orange outline or nice. something like that. Um, yeah, I would yeah. say, um, yeah, I, mean, I, I don't like when they make... Um, everything kind of the same color because yeah. it blends in and you, you, and don't you don't really you, know where to go. You don't know where to go. You don't know what to do. There, there are no visual uh, uh, cues there. And so, okay, so we want to think volume knobs. So we're going to want to turn up the volume on the most important elements, you know, that that value prop. We want to turn up the volume, but not quite as high on, on other uh, important things. We want to think about an, an action color. What are some other tips for visual hierarchy issues and solving them? 
Yeah, so breaking out um, text, giving it space. White space is another way to really give visual hierarchy. So um, a lot of people try to like crowd things in and push things in. And the more space you give things, the more the eye is able to move from one piece to the next. So I kind of also talk about like progressively revealing information. So sometimes what you can do is like, okay, what, um, what information do they need to like click on this thing? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Give them that information. Okay. Once they click on that, then you can real reveal the next information that they need or what have you. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Don't want to overwhelm people. You want to give them enough to allow them to say, yes, this is what I think this is what mm -hmm. I'm looking for. So they click and they keep taking the next steps. And, and so there, there is a progression there. I really like that. Okay. Awesome. Okay. So we got value prop. We got visual hierarchy issues, what's the next conversion crime we need to avoid? Yeah, so specifically um, for e-commerce stores are the filtering issues. So um, how people filter through the different products that they have, um, the different categories, um, how they're grouped together. So that can be confusing. Um, especially if you have a lot of products with a lot of variables in it and things like that. Um, so there's like one store um, recently that I was watching testing for where they had a lot of colors. And when I say a lot of colors, I mean like a hundred. <laughs> so it was like they had a filter for every color. Like it was like baby blue, dark blue, navy blue, like all like 20 different shades of blue. So um, to actually find teal, the tester couldn't find it. They actually scrolled past it like six times and it, they got frustrated being able to find it. It was there, but they couldn't find it. So having um, really good, again, hierarchy in your filtering so that you're filtering products in the way that people actually use them. Um, and also, again, going back to that progressively revealing information. So if you have a lot of colors, how can you um, filter those in a way that progressively re reveals it? So start with blue, right? And then it's like baby blue, navy blue, like all the different blues that can go in there because then people are going to be able to find that so much faster. So if they saw like blue, it's like, okay, blue, okay, there's teal. Or I don't know, maybe we yep. should put that in green. I don't know. Maybe that's I don't know. Yeah, I'm, definitely, I'm definitely the wrong person to ask there, but... But I get, what you, I get what you mean. So uh, simpler options. So I choose blue. And then once I get to blue, then I can view other options, uh, other blue uh, variations. Exactly. Um, and also like how they um, kind of organize also the filters. Like I've had sites where it's like they have like five items and they have six filters. So like you don't need filters. You have six products. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like yeah. what are people going to like filter through? Um, yeah, and it's just kind of the way that they um, also categorize items as well is not necessarily the ways that the users are thinking or wanting to filter things by. So a good example is like, um, like maybe they have filtering by brands or like cut or like any of these kind of things, um, like one of them had like themed, but the customers weren't looking for the, those themes, right? They were looking yeah. for different things. So customers um, were thinking in themes. They were thinking 
specific product or something like that. Yeah. yeah, they were looking for like a specific cut or something like that. So, um, or they didn't know what the brand was and it was like they could only filter by brand. Um, so making sure that your filters and categories match like how users actually would filter um, yeah. and look for that product. Which, which is harder than it looks sometimes too. It is hard. And, and yeah, so sometimes are you, are you, do you need to filter or do you need to categorize by use case? So I'm doing, I'm trying to do X or I'm this type of person. I'm a business owner, I'm a homeowner or whatever. And so you kind of categorize that way. Or, you know, if it's something home decor or furniture related, do you shop by room or do you shop by category? You know, so, so thinking through those things, any, any suggestions um, you know, obviously once you have something built and you can send users through it, you know, using a tool like conversion crimes would be super helpful, but other, other thoughts on how do we try to understand how do people shop for this? And, and so let me build my site accordingly. Yeah. So usually when I'm starting anywhere for that stuff, I kind of go and look and see what other stores are doing, especially like the big ones. Um, and then look at the smaller ones as well. Like how are they categorizing it? And that's like a good place to start because you don't want to be wildly different. You know, like there is a standard yeah. for a reason right, right. because people expect things to be a certain way. And yeah. so there is a time when you should deviate um, but it's also good just to get a good baseline to understand what everybody else is doing on the market. Um, what is like, I usually go through and I categorize like, okay, they're all doing this. Well, why are they all doing that? Yeah. Okay. There's a good reason for it. So I probably need to do that too. Yep. Um, these ones are doing this differently. Why did they do that differently? What's the reason for it? Does that work for yep. me? And that's kind of how I think through it and come up with my own for my own or whatever I'm working on. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. That's kind of the process that we've gone through. Yeah, totally makes sense. And, you know, it's one of those things where, hey, you want your product to be different. You want it to stand out. You want the value proposition to be unique and to be compelling. And, hey, some of your colors and designs and photos, that can all be. But you want some. You want the structure to feel comfortable and to feel familiar in a certain way, right? Exactly. We don't, we don't walk into a store and think like, well, Where's the checkout? Is, is the checkout like on the side of the store? Is it no? It's all, you you know where it is. You're, you're going to find it, and you know, you, you know, you kind of know your way around it. Things that are too disorienting um, can be problematic for sure. So yeah, exactly. Like it's like okay, everybody usually has their chat bot in the bottom right screen. So if you're going to move exactly. it, like you better have a good reason for that. The checkout is usually always in the top right, right? The menu yes. and the logo is always in the top left. And so when you change things up it kind of catches people off guard. And in some ways it can be a good thing. Like there's a reason to break the rules sometimes. Like rules are meant to be broken, but right. the right. rules are also there for a reason. And yeah. so, um, yeah, people like- But not just because, where we don't break the rules yeah. just because, or there should be some kind of strategy or some kind of, hey, I'm trying to wake someone up by making this, by breaking this rule. Um, not, I'm trying to confuse people by breaking this rule. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah cool. exactly. Okay, awesome. So we got, we got value prop, we got, uh, visual hierarchy, we got filtering issues. What's the next conversion crime? Yeah, so pop-ups. And this one's a little bit controversial because um, testers in general hate pop-ups. They're mm. always going to complain about them on, yeah, um, yeah. on usability tests especially. <laughs> but you have to take But do in, they work, right? That's, yeah. 
Exactly. So you may upset the tester and they may like be talking crap about it and stuff, but you're like, okay, but it converts. <laughs> like I may annoy you, but like I didn't annoy the five other people that, right, you know, right. did this, right? Uh, maybe so, annoyed them at first, but then once they actually took, they saw the discount, then they liked it. And oh, by the way, I, I had sold you know, 30% more or whatever. So, yeah. Exactly. So this one is very contextual. You have to take it in with the other information and understand if that is valid or not valid. So a lot of the things that kind of come up with this is the pop-up comes up within like a couple seconds of landing on the site. And then the chat box comes up. How can I help you? Then there's like the pen wheel that flies out on the side. <laughs> like, man, you just hit me with three pop-ups and I've been here like seven <laughs> seconds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm overwhelmed. So that's like a very valid experience that that's mm -hmm. overwhelming. And um, it, it, people in general don't like that. But if somebody's um, browsing the site and they're on a product page and they've been on the page for like a minute or what have you, and they get a pop-up that says like, buy now save like 10% on your order. Like, am I going to click on that when I'm like kind of ready to buy? Yes. I want to save 10%. That's going to convert. That's going to work. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, it's about like right time, right place on pop-ups and the, the send the crime is like just overwhelming people before they've even had a chance to like know who you are. Yeah. Yeah. And, and think about it from a, a physical store perspective, right? We walk into a physical store. Maybe it's the first time we've been there. We want to kind of get our bearings. We want to kind of look around. And, and I've, I've seen studies that show, like, if, if an associate comes up right away and says, hey, what can I help you find? Or what can I help you do? Most of the time, a, a customer will say, no, no, I'm good. I'm just looking. But if they start, if the customer goes somewhere specific and then the associate asks, then sometimes they get they get feedback, right? So you can just imagine if you walk into a brick-and-mortar store and, like, three people bombard you with, hey, can I help you with anything? Are you ready to check out? Can I, are you ready to buy something? Like, that's uh, you'd want to you'd want out of there, right? You want to you want to get oriented first, and the same is true online as well. Yeah, exactly. I kind of think of it as like when you're at a conference or whatever, and there's people like you're like, "Hi, I'm," and they're already like handing you the business card. <laughs> yeah, you know, and you're like, and you're like "Man, I don't even." Buddy, I didn't say I wanted your business card. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't even know you yet. Like, right. so yeah, exactly. That's a, that's another great example. Okay, so pop up issues, right time. Do some testing. Be cool about it, right? I think there is a definitely a right way to do it. And I, I think it's been established. If you do the right kind of pop-up, you're going to get more email sign-ups. You're going to get more of all of that. Uh, but just do it the right way. Uh, yeah. So, okay, awesome. What's the next conversion crime? Yeah, so the next one is that the process is not clear. So this kind of ties in a bit to the visual hierarchy one as well. Um, but this is more about um, the steps that you have to take. So there's a lot of stores out there that are like, okay, here's a product, you buy it, you put it in your cart, you check out. But there's also tons of stores out there where they have like, okay, we're doing customized products. Um, we do, you know, whether it's like a printing t-shirt or they have like where you can make like the custom bed sheets or like now they have like glasses, like whatever it is, um, that the steps that the customer has to do to create that product, to um, customize the different things about it is unclear. Um, and that's one of the other crimes because if a person can't figure out how they're supposed to customize the product or you've made it confusing, then they're not really going to sit there and like figure it out. They're just going to bail. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We are we are impatient online, you know, because we don't, you know, maybe in a physical setting or, or in-person setting, we don't want to offend people or don't want to appear rude or don't want to appear impatient, some of us anyway. 
And uh, but online, no, no worries, man. I'm I'm out of here. If this is unclear, <laughs> if it's not working. I'm bailing in because I'm not hurting anybody's feelings. Um, so yeah, great. So so then tips, suggestions. How do we make the process clear? Yeah, that one's a little bit harder because there is definitely like UX involved in that. You have to think about, it kind of goes into all the other sins, you know, crimes like put together and that, you know, you have to progressively reveal that information. Like don't give them all the options at once. Like what's the first option that they need to make, right? And make it clear like how they're doing that. I'm thinking of a very specific store in my mind right now where they sold um, like all kinds of like household products, but you could like custom design them and stuff. And I remember sitting there and I had no clue how to like customize the product on the thing. And then I, when I finally like clicked on something, it led me to did like something I didn't even expect. Right. Um, which surprised me. So yeah, that one's about really thinking through like which steps does the customer have to go through to do these? How can I make that as clear as possible and as obvious as possible for them so that they kind of go through it. They know exactly what they're supposed to do. And we meet their expectations along the way because that's another one. Like another crime is mismatched expectations. So like your customer like clicks on something and they expect like one thing like to get more information and then it opens like a Facebook group. You're like, wait, why did you send me to Facebook? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, really, really thinking through what, what are people expecting when I label the button or the action or the the section this way? And then am I, am I delivering on that expectation? So awesome. Okay. That was conversion crime number five process, not clear. I believe we have one more, the sixth and final, maybe not the final conversion crime. I guess these are like the big crimes and there could be you know, subtle crimes. There could be misdemeanors that, that fall on the <laughs> Yeah, uh, there's a lot more crimes. These are kind yeah. of, we did a we did testing on a lot of um, SME stores and these were kind of the commonalities, like the top ones that came out over nice. about, um, I think about like 35 stores. Okay, okay, cool. So conversion crime number six, what is it? Navigation issues. So with the site menus and stuff on the store. So some of the big crimes we've seen here is um, giant mega menus, which um, if you have a ton of products, like mega menus are helpful. But if you have not put, again, visual hierarchy on those um, menus, then people don't know where to click. So if they go to this menu and there's 40 freaking things on it, and they're looking for this one thing, people skim. And if every single thing is the same volume, then they they can't skim. They can't use that as like a map to the information. So I kind of think of it like this. Like when you go to a Chinese restaurant and they give you like this menu and it has a hundred items on it and you're sitting there like looking through it and you're like, mm, what should I eat? Like, what should I go? And it takes you like 30 minutes just to figure out what you want to eat. Yeah. Well, yeah. when you go to like a more of a fine dining restaurant, they just got like seven items there. Right. And you could look at it in like literally 20 seconds, be like, yep, I want the chicken parm. That's what I'm going to eat tonight, you know? <laughs> yep, yep. Um, and the same thing is like with menus, you've got to make it. So, like, what are like the top seven categories? Make those big, bold fonts. And then, you know, t shirts, pants, like whatever. And then you're going to put the smaller sub items inside of those, which helps make your um, mega menu or the big navigation more easy to navigate, which helps people find exactly what they want, right? 
So yeah, it's just like the it kind of it's kind of all of the things in one. It's like the categorization, um, how they filter it, um, the um, visual hierarchy, being able to kind of again progressively reveal, even if that's like just a big heading and then smaller um, ones underneath it. Yeah, I love this. So uh, as we get, first of all, it's been fantastic. It's been a ton of fun. Uh, you're great to interview and and thoroughly enjoyed this. So let, let's talk though. Uh, do, you have, do you have resources? Do you have any anything for people to download or check out that they kind of walks through conversion crimes um, or anything you'd point people to? Yeah, we've got a case study thing that we just made um, that kind of goes over some of these conversion crimes. So I could send that to you. Okay, awesome. We can link to it. Yeah, I'll totally do that. And then, uh, yeah, so so anything else you want to share about conversion crime? So if someone says, okay, yes, I want user testing. I want to have users, you know, go through my site and my product detail pages, and I want to see these recordings. How does the process work? How does someone go about getting signed up? Yeah, so there's kind of um, two ways that we work with people. We have, like, our self-serve or guided. So a lot of like friction to getting started with, with testing is like, well, I don't know how to write a test. So we actually write the test for you. You tell us like, I want to find this information or I don't even know what I'm looking for. I just want to find my crimes on my site or people are hitting me up support asking what color backpacks I sell. Like, why can't they find that on the product page? Like, why are they hitting me up? <laughs> or I'm getting a lot of customers saying I'm a scam. Like, why do they think I'm a scam? Which we actually, we had that one, right? And so we take that, we write a test, um, we send it out out to the testers um, and then they kind of deliver it. You watch the videos, you make notes, you tag issues um, and you kind of extrapolate the information from that and make changes on your site. Now, some owners, um, they just, you know, they want to save time. They want someone to do it for you. So we actually also have a pool of experts that will actually watch the videos for you, make the notes then make a test summary and then say like, okay, here's all the crimes we found. Here's exactly how you fix them. Nice. Nice. That, that is awesome. And, and so what do, do you have more people choosing that option or the simple or the, the kind of self-serve uh, option? Both. Um, I find the expert insights is a bit more popular. Yeah. Just easier, um, right? We, we, we've not done tests. So we kind of maybe need someone to, to walk us through that. Yeah, so sometimes you have customers that they start with the expert insights to kind of understand, um, and then they kind of move into watching the videos themselves, or they just always have us do it because they just, yeah. it's really easy because you take it and you're like, okay, um, yes, 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 no, or whatever, and they hand it to a developer, and then it's kind of pretty hands-off, CRO. Cool, cool. That's awesome. Any any favorite stories, uh, successes, wins, Surprising things that people find out by by going through and, and using your testing service? Yeah, so my favorite one is the scam. So um, they were getting these emails from customers um, accusing them of being a scam. And they're like, our customers are whack. Like, that's totally not the truth. Like, why did they just thought- Something's like, wrong with our customers. Yeah, they were literally, and I was like, hey, let's run a test. Let's like figure it out, you know? And so we ran this test. And so they ran a high-end consumer electronics store. So they also had um, a financing option, right? So when you went in and put stuff in the checkout, you could then go to um, a finance um, kind of thing, right? And what was happening um, is that when they were sending that form to the third party, 
it was putting um, an error in one of the form fields. So it was automatically sending the information so the customer didn't have to enter it again, but it was sending that information incorrectly. So the customer is getting an error, but not knowing like what they did wrong. And given that we're dealing with financial information, they thought the entire store was a scam and they were stealing it and they were going to steal their identity. And... (laughs) Like, yeah, like that looks to, like, feels very suspicious, credit. right? Yeah. And so when they saw the video of that, they literally like they jumped out of it. It was a five minute fix. Yep. They just yep. took that like thing off the form, and um, their conversions went up um, like a hundred and like twenty percent after yeah. that, or something. I, I can't remember the right. number off my head. It was one hundred and something. And uh, the other interesting thing was their cart value went from 1000 to 1500 to 1800 like literally overnight. Yeah, yeah. That's beautiful. And, you know, one of the things we talked about, too, as we were prepping a few weeks ago is that, you know, sometimes people get tired of their website or it's not quite performing the way they want it to. And, or, or maybe their competitor does a site redesign and so they, you know, have website envy or whatever. And so they, they just decide, oh, I'm just going to redesign my site. Well, would probably be a better first step is do some user testing and see if there's just some little tweaks and some little changes and some little iterations that you can deploy that will make a big difference because that is that it has a much higher probability of success versus a complete overhaul and redesign, which is expensive and timely. And oh, by the way, sometimes risky. it doesn't even improve. It's risky sometimes. And I remember seeing this. Uh, we used to do marketing for a, a design agency and a, and a developer. And sometimes you'd, you'd redesign a site and it looked better, but it didn't convert as well. So now you've not only, you've spent all this money redesigning a site that now performs worse than you had before, which is Exactly. Scary. Yeah. yeah, I've had um, a few friends that redesigned their stores and their conversions actually dropped yeah. Yeah. Um, significantly. And it's because it's risky. You're making this- so many changes at once. And I used to sell these websites. Like yeah. I used to do these big redesigns, you know, and I actually found my most successful project um, was actually uh, 16 personalities. And what we did was uh, it's like, okay, what can we like launch and execute in this time period to like make this site better. So it's like, okay, it needs a new header. It needs a new footer and we need a new value proposition. Boom, done. Like traffic doubled, conversions doubled just like from that, right? Awesome. And it was like, okay, the next month, what are we going to do here? Okay, the sales page needs some work. Okay, what are some tweaks we can make there? And we just kind of tweaked it to success rather than change everything at once because when you change everything at once, you don't know what what made it do what? Yeah, you don't, <laughs> and, you don't know what was successful or you don't know what just broke. You, you, you have no idea. And that's, yeah, this 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 process of constantly iterating and improving. That's the way Amazon works. That's the way Google works. You know, it just, it, it totally makes sense. Yeah, so, and if you make it a habit to continue to improve and find this low-hanging fruit, make little changes, all of that compounds over time. Yep. Like I've been really inspired by um, James Clear book, uh, James Clear's book, Atomic Habits. Atomic Habits, like, I love that yeah. book. Yeah. He's just like, get 1% every day and that's 37 or yeah, 37 times improvement exactly. or so I can't remember yep. the exact number. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. if you it's like three, fail, it's like you're- 360% better. You're 360, so it's yeah, th- basically 37X, yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. And it's, that's way less risky. It's way better to do that. So it's like, if you're going to like, rather than redesign your site, it's like, Hey, let me visit this every month or every quarter or bi-monthly, yeah. like whatever. And, um, you know, find these things that we can tweak and just do that over time. It's like interest. It compounds. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And, and I, and I said that incorrectly. It is 37 X, not 360. It's if you <laughs> one, one 1% compounded over 365 days is, is basically a 37 X. Yeah. So, uh, man, it just, it just works. It absolutely works. And so highly recommend it. Uh, Quinn, this was awesome. Thank you for delivering the goods. Appreciate the time. And, uh, yeah, we'll have to do this again sometime. Awesome. Thank you for having me. This was a really fun time. Good, good. And so check it out. Conversioncrimes.com. See for yourself. I think you need this tool. I think it's going to make your, your website, your business, your life better. So check it out. Uh, as always, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear feedback. And hey, if you haven't done it already, leave that review on iTunes. That helps other people discover the show and it would make my day. And so with that, uh, until next time, thank you for listening. At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session, or click on Resources and Guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.